0: All right, welcome to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Joe Galena, along with the Fantasy Taz, Jim Day, it's always working. Work, work, work. It's a labor of love, though, right? All I want to know
1: is who thought it was only 9 to 5. When did it ever become 9 to 5 to do what we do?
0: There ain't no 9 to 5 involved. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I've been... Have I've written articles up until three o'clock in the morning. Uh, you know, if I can't sleep, I'll get up. I'll do some research as well. You're right. It's a it's a twenty four seven, three hundred sixty five day a year uh, adventure. 365. That sounds like a better song. We should be using.
1: Um, it, it is, but like you say, it's a labor of love. It's you know, you either love to do it or you don't. And if you love to do it, then uh, then you you like to work at it, and that's that's what we do.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and that falsetto you heard, uh, people out there, is uh, (laughs) producer extraordinaire, the Fantasy Prince, Sean Engel. Sean, what's going on? How's it going? Yeah, it's going (laughs) all right, guys. Just uh, Mm -hmm. another week here. We got some wild card games. We got some more football, and we got some serious drama. It's all here. It's all live, (laughs) and this is weekend. The
1: (laughs) The only thing I'm really happy about is we got no NASCAR.
0: Oh, You went there, huh? (laughs) That'll change in a month. It's coming back soon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but, you know, you're right. Uh, lots of wild card action. I love it. We get the uh, four games this weekend, and I like the Saturday because it starts a little later. So, you know, you're able to listen to Weekend Fantasy Update, and then in the morning you can do some chores, too. And then you have all day Sunday to, to, to uh, watch and, and uh, dissect all the games. And, uh, and then uh, Short mentioned some drama, uh, Jim, the, some drama going on in, in Pittsburgh, huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Just a little, don't you think? Uh, Antonio Brown skipping out on a team meetings and practices, and then gets betched in in a must-win game yeah, that they ultimately yeah. don't win. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's crying for. Uh, he, he's asking for a trade. Ooh. Everybody's crying to to see if they get rid of him and see what happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, based on that cap hit alone, they definitely can't do anything before June, because if they do, they take like a twenty-two million dollar cap hit. Uh, After that, then it gets a little less, and they might have some availability of doing something. But, you know, that's the big question. Do they want to move on from Antonio
0: Brown? Mm. And, and, you know, (laughs) a a lot has been spoken about, written about, uh, you know, this situation. And, And there's a lot of different pieces. I mean, there was even one rumor saying that part of it, Uh, or maybe the last straw might have been when his teammates voted uh, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster as the MVP of the team. You know, I I don't know how you feel about that, uh, but it looks like there was a a lot of things leading up to it. Uh, And, you know, I guess Brown had also taken offense at uh, some of the criticism from uh, Big Ben Roethlisberger in terms of when he criticized uh, Brown about his route running. It just uh, sounds like it's been going on for a while.
1: Well, it, it sounds like, yeah, you know, it sounds like Antonio Brown is a little crybaby. Um, yeah, it yeah, yeah, sounds like uh, yeah. <laughs> for somebody who makes the kind of money he does, mm-hmm. you know, it, it is what it is. I feel the same way about Odell. I mean, you know, the, the guys are talented, great players, no doubt about it. But, you know, at what point do they start disrupting the locker room to a point you can't afford to keep them?
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, you know, talking about drama with the Steelers, I mean, it started, obviously, in the preseason with uh, with Lev Bell. And I, in my opinion, I think that that locker room was split from even before the start of the regular season. I don't know how you feel about it. Just with, you know, you uh, had the offensive line calling uh, uh, Lev Bell out in terms of, you know, because he was asking for so much money. Meanwhile, they were the ones who were, you know, creating the holes for him. And, <laughs> you know, just, you know, so it looks like it's just been... You know, it's, Just coming from all angles, this whole situation with the Steelers. Kind of, I don't know how much uh, you feel could be placed on the shoulders of Mike Tomlin. I mean, we had eight uh, coaching vacancies this week. Are you a little surprised that maybe Tomlin is hanging on? Look, Tomlin's had you know a good run
1: with them. I'm not putting all the blame on his, but some of it has to go on his. But you know he did the right thing. And you know in the last week in a big game, mm. you, you you can't have a guy walking away from the team, not coming to practice, you know, not showing up for meetings, and you know putting it in your face that he's doing it, and yeah, then yeah. play him.
0: Right, right. Because as, leave- as soon as
1: you do that, you show it's okay to everybody else that they can do that too.
0: Right. And you mentioned uh, Odell Beckham Jr. That was part of the issue too, with Odell Beckham Jr. That uh, he's, you know, other players on the Giants saw that he was getting away with some stuff, and that led to a little dissension in their locker room as well. So you're right. You know, uh, I guess Tomlin did the right thing. But it was just interesting leading up to the game. Oh, it's it's a knee issue or whatnot. Isn't the NFL kind of stringent on uh, injury reporting? And uh, well, they're they're
1: supposed to be. See, but there there are ways around it. I mean, it it could. They could say that he was injured as Mm -hmm. well, uh, but ultimately the the final decision came down to a coaching call based on his attitude and and what he did. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, there's always ways around that.
0: Yeah, and I guess by week 17, uh, every player could have a little, like, knee ache, right?
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sure everybody does. (laughs) There's no doubt about that. Yeah, um, it's it, you know by this time of the year, everybody who's been playing is hurting. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, what do you think? Uh, it's this is a total guess, of course, uh, but there's some teams that have been uh, bantered about, and uh, actually, it is on, on Twitter. You have some uh, some. Uh, I think Jarvis Landry tweeted out to the Brown, insinuating, "Hey, come with us," and uh, Jamal Adams of the Jets and uh, George Kittle from the Forty Nine ers. Do you think that eventually? Uh, it's going to be tough to move Brown, uh, but uh, do you think he ends up with the Steelers, or uh, do you think they cut ties eventually?
1: Look, they don't like to play games. Um, you know that that's not what they do, and that's what all the drama was with uh, Le'Veon Bell. They offered him the contract that they wanted to offer him; he didn't accept, and everything downhill from there. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, it may very well be the same thing. The only difference here is they have. Brown under contract for now. So we shall see how it plays out. I mean, they're not going to give him away for nothing right? um, being under contract. If they get rid of him, they're going to want something big for him. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not saying they won't take that opportunity if it comes. You know, teams out there like Oakland, you know, with multiple first-round picks, Mm -hmm. you know, something like that, looking for an absolute number one wide receiver, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, that would be a great fit for them.
0: Yeah. What about the Bills?
1: Or the or the Imagine, bills, but they yeah. don't have the, the draft equity.
0: Right, the they don't have Oakland the, yeah. is
1: all I'm saying. I, you know, yeah. there's plenty of teams that could use him. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Right. I, I was just thinking in terms of draft equity and what they could possibly get yeah. for him.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking you're, you're right because the Bills won a little bit too many games this season. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it'd be interesting to see how this plays out. But uh, hey, uh, like you mentioned, uh, wild card weekend. Uh, two games today. Today's Saturday. Uh, we have uh, the uh, Texans uh, at home uh, versus the Colts. That's the uh, early game, it's 440. And then uh, this evening, we have uh, Seattle at Dallas. That's an 815 start. So uh, one of the things that's interesting is that, uh, you know, this being the year of offenses, right? Uh, all eight of the teams that are playing in this wild card round, uh, I know, are top ten in fewest points per game allowed. So defense does count a little bit, huh?
1: <laughs> uh, it does count a little bit. That's definitely some good defenses here. The other thing I take away from this slate um, mm-hmm. in this wild card round is, you know, any one of these teams, if they get hot at the right time, any one of these teams ha- have the capability of going to the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just very rare in wild card round that you can say that. (laughs) Well, I'm glad you like that audience. Um, (laughs) You know, It's not often you can say that in wild-card rounds because there's usually, you know, at least two teams in the wild-card that you can say right off the bat you don't think are going anywhere near the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. But, look, uh, I mean, if you're going to pick a team that you could say that about this year, it's Philly, but they did it last year Mm -hmm. (laughs) with the same guy at quarterback. So, you know, how could you say they can't do it this week, you know, Mm -hmm. this year? So, um, you know, just it's a crazy Crazy schedule, and you know all these games are, are really going to be tight. I think I don't think there's a, a, a blowout on the on the table,
0: mm-hmm. you know, this weekend. All right? Yeah, and uh, I gave <laughs> you today's. He's ske- with that little button. Over. <laughs> he is. He is. He is. It's good, good stuff. Uh, I, mean, I gave you today's uh, schedule. But tomorrow you have the Chargers uh, at the Ravens. That's a 105 start, and then you have you mentioned the Eagles uh, traveling to Chicago. Uh, a 440 start. Of these uh, teams, do you have a, a, a favorite just from this slot? And uh, I kind of agree with what you said that uh, from these eight teams that are playing this weekend, uh, you know, any one of them could get hot and go all the way. Do you have a, a favorite that you think could go deepest?
1: Um, well, I, I'm going to go with the Chargers. I mean, basically because they were my preseason pick to mm-hmm. go to the Super Bowl, the Chargers and, and the Rams. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stick by my guns. They have the toughest game, in in my opinion, Mm -hmm. against Baltimore, uh, especially after what Baltimore did to them a couple weeks ago. Now they have to travel across Mm -hmm. country and come play in Baltimore. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, luckily it's not crazy cold or anything like that. No bad weather they really have to deal with. So that helps in their favor. Um, Okay. And uh, so, you know, I just think it's it's tough. It'll be tough for them to get there, but I think they have you know the best looking Charger team I've seen in a while, and you know I think with Gordon and Eckler both in the lineup, I think they could do a little damage to Baltimore. So I'm going to stick with the Chargers on the uh, on the AFC side. I, I think Indy. I like Indy. Um, you know, a lot of people really like Houston. I, and I just, I don't see it. I know Deshaun Watson is a great quarterback. I'm not taking anything away from him. But, you know, that offensive line is bad. Uh, the running game is okay. Um, just the defense is quite good, no doubt about it. But that mm-hmm. in the offensive line has been great for him all year, only allowing 18 sacks. Meanwhile, you know, Watson has taken, what, 64? Mm-hmm. Um, so huge difference there. Um, so you know, I like Indy in that in that game a lot. But one one quick thing before we really get into breaking down games and everything, yeah, this yeah, is sure. one key point I want to talk about that I don't think people are talking about a lot, and I, I find it interesting. You know, before before last week even, Philadelphia came out and said, well, you know what? No matter what happens, we're not going to keep foals till next, you know, in next going into 2019. Okay, so they're trying to, to quench that quarterback controversy before it even gets started.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: But what happens if Foles, and I'm not saying it, you know, it's gonna happen, but what happens if Foles <laughs> gets them back to the super Super Bowl, even if he doesn't win it, what if he just gets them back to mm-hmm. the Super Bowl with how badly they were playing under Carson Wentz? How how does that affect their decision? Do they then turn around and say, well, maybe we were a little too hasty in that and we should keep Foles? Or are they still going to say, well, Wentz is still our guy and we got to let Foles go?
0: I think they have to backtrack. And, you know, crazier things have happened. I mean, you know, a lot of people, especially in sports, say things and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, the opposite happens. And if that does happen, if he takes them to the Super Bowl, I think they have to, you know, uh, revisit this because it's obvious that. You know, based on what happened last year, he kinda, you know, th- kind of, you know, there's kind of a little click here where, you know, he he really fits into this whole uh, this whole Eagles offense. And don't get me wrong. I mean, Wentz uh, had a great season until he got hurt last year, but uh, I, don't, I don't know how much you could blame on him still recuperating from uh, last season's uh, injury. But he really didn't look that great, you know, <laughs> you know and, and he had several no, no, weeks. The,
1: the offense looked totally anemic with him on yeah. the center.
0: Yeah, yeah, definitely looks better with the uh, foals there. So I know what and they then just – okay, go ahead. No, no, go no, ahead. No, no. <laughs> I was just going to say, finished. imagine,
1: yeah. imagine mm-hmm. being, you know, a, a Philadelphia Eagle fan – Mm-hmm. And they don't bring Foles back next year yeah. after he takes them to the Super Bowl again. Right, right. This team will be vilified by Eagles fans, and then they go eat you know, talk radio and all that craziness. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, right. you know they'll, they'll be vilified by not bringing him back. And I just, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it because to me, that's this is like the, I want to say the funnest part of the postseason to me is seeing what Nick Foles does. Yeah. I, I think he could, you know, he could be. a total surprise. They Mm -hmm. do have offensive weapons. They just weren't using them correctly. It'd be interesting to see how that plays out, but that's like my favorite storyline in the whole playoffs.
0: Yeah. Uh, Aguilar has looked better with, uh, even, you know, you forget even that uh, Foles started weeks one and two. I mean, Aguilar... Put up some decent and Foles numbers. Foles
1: looked like crap then, too, though. He, yeah, yeah <laughs> he
0: did. But Aguilar, I think, uh, uh, he had like eight catches in each of those first two games. And, uh, you know, he's looked good in the past couple weeks, you know, scoring touchdowns. Even Jeffrey has looked uh, a, a lot better with him. But you're right. Yeah, I mean, Foles didn't look that great uh, week one and two. But uh, hey, look. Well, maybe he's just a big game player. Mm hmm.
1: You know, yeah. we, we've seen that in the past. Guys said, you know, really come to play when you get into that big game. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, two of Eli Manning's best games were in the Super Bowl.
0: Right. Or maybe you he's know, better he, off of the bench, we'll say. And, you know, the figurative bench, we'll say, where he knows that, look, you know, all I have to do is just, you know, play these few games and there's not much pressure for me, you know, go, you know, after, after the season, you know, um, it's not going to be my team. Well, I, anyway. I don't think that's true you know? either. Cause <laughs> yeah.
1: if he ends up finishing the season, you know, the playoff strong, if he gets even one or two wins, uh, even one win. win, I would imagine at this point, if they do let him go, then I, I think he has to be in contention for some teams looking at quarterbacks.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, believe me, the Eagles wouldn't want him coming over to the giants, would they? No, I don't want him coming. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, we'll uh, come back. Start breaking down some of these games. Wild card weekend on the fantasy sports network. Weekend fantasy update. We'll be right back. Did you know that you can listen to this show live on the award-winning fantasy sports radio network? Listen on the iHeartRadio app tune in radio app or download the Fantasy Sports Radio Network app. Your free fancy source 24 hours a day. Oh, welcome back to the judge the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, Weekend Fantasy Update. Joe Galena, along with the fantasy Taz, Jim Day. Back when Axl Rose didn't look like a woman. There you go. <laughs> that is a scary picture that was floating around a couple weeks ago. <laughs> that really scary. Uh, yeah. And then I think, like uh, I told you, I think he was uh, filling in uh, as the ACDC dc Lead singer over the past uh, year or two, right? Uh, when they were finishing up their tour, when well, there uh, you go. Yeah, so always good to have a woman on stage. <laughs> yes, yes, sir. Yes. So yeah, so we're going to be uh, going over uh, the uh, action uh, this weekend, uh, Wildcard Weekend. Uh, taking a look at you know, some uh, DFS lineups. Uh, what'd you think about the DFS slate this week? I mean, uh, I'm looking at it. Uh, Jim, I put a couple of uh, lineups together. T- tomorrow's slate is uh, really, really tough. In my, <laughs> um, I-, <laughs> I totally
1: agree with you, one hundred percent. You know, if you're going to play a single day slate, I'd prefer today's just m- more well-rounded. Tomorrow's going to be a lot tougher. Trying to find, you know, what it's going to be. It's going to be. The way you're going to have to hit tomorrow is by taking all the underdogs that, you know, nobody really envisions that come out of nowhere to have good games and hitting them. Those are going to be the guys that that win big on tomorrow's slate because otherwise, I I mean, the the big names are going up against really tough defenses. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out.
0: Yeah, you're right. Yeah, so you mix up some of the big uh, names, then maybe take some uh, dart throws of uh, players who have a lot of upside. But uh, we'll go over our, our lineups a little later. Why don't we start breaking down? Um, why we break down our first game? Uh, we've got the uh, Texans and the Colts, and uh, they're playing in Houston. And uh, let's see what the spread is here. We have a one-point favorite. Houston Texans over under 48-and-a-half uh, in this game. These uh, two teams have played each other twice already. Week four, Texans uh, beat the uh, Colts in Indianapolis 37-34. It was basically, it was uh, the Colts gifted uh, the, the Texans. It was their first win of the season for the Texans. The game probably should have ended as a tie. Well, I don't know if you recall, uh, the game Yeah, tied they, they went here. for the
1: two-point conversion.
0: Yeah, the the game was tied at 34, yeah, and uh, the uh, Texans kicked a uh, game-winning field goal this time expired. So then week 14, Colts uh, beat the Texans 24-21. That game was in Houston. Basically, both these teams got off to a very slow start. Colts uh, started the season 1-5, then they uh, went nuts, won nine of the last ten uh, and, uh, you know, all the stats are coming out. Only the third team in the Super Bowl era to reach the postseason after the starting of the year, 1-5. And, five. and uh, when's the last time the Colts were in the playoffs? Deflategate. De- 2014. Oh, yeah, right. <laughs> 2014. Yeah, gate. <Deflategate. laughs> and uh, so they played on the road. They've won uh, three of their last four uh, road games. Uh, basically, uh, Colts, uh, well, it's, I, comeback player of the year, uh, Andrew Luck.
1: Yeah, uh, definitely, you know, for me, it comes down to two players, him or, or Peterson, but I, I could make a case for both.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he ended up being a quarterback five in fantasy points per game uh, at the quarterback position, uh, according to fantasy football today. Uh, and, you know, he started off uh, the season uh, pretty slow. I remember I, I was, you know— very worried for him because uh, after the first three weeks of the season, he was averaging uh, 5.34 yards per attempt, and then yeah. uh, he, yeah, <laughs> right? and he came on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then the last 13 games, 7.63 yards per attempt. And that's well over his career uh, uh, 7.2. So, uh, tied NFL record, uh, throwing touchdowns to 13 different receivers. A uh, big thing with the with the the Colts to me. Is the improved O line and the way that their defense has improved as as the season's gone on?
1: No, I totally agree. I couldn't argue either one of those points. The O line, in particular, uh, mm-hmm. you know, never been a big big uh, part of their team. It's mm-hmm. always been a you know a concern and reason why Luck has always been one of the more highly sacked quarterbacks in the league uh, mm-hmm. each year. But definitely not this year. They they've come together. They're playing very solid as a team. Um, you know, and just playing really good and keeping Luck upright. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's going to be the, the the thing today is that, you know, can J.J. J. Watt and company get to Luck and put him on the ground? That's, you know, that's what they're going to have to do to, to stop this
0: offense. Right. And we're talking about comeback players of the year. I mean, we, we talked about Luck and, and you talked about Peterson on the defensive side. What about J.J. J. Watt? I think before this, his last two seasons, he totaled eight games. And then uh, this year, finally, uh, came, uh, ended up healthy, and uh, I think he led the AFC in sacks.
1: Uh, well, it might be. Yeah, six, I haven't looked
0: at yeah, that. Led the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let, yeah, led the AFC in six, with 16 sacks, tied for the NFL lead in forced fumbles as well. So, and uh, he's been <laughs> he's been very good at getting to luck. Uh, but uh, like I said, offensive line, the Colts uh, invested in it. Luck is getting that ball out of his hands a lot quicker as well. Um, So uh, I don't know how you want to break down this game, but uh, uh, one guy that uh, I think should be in uh, a lot of DFS lineups is T.Y. Hilton. Seven games played in Houston, seven touchdowns, 133 yards per game average.
1: Yeah, the problem is, um, you know, this game has the, the highest over-under on the slate, the 48-and-a-half, 40, mm-hmm. you know, so we're looking at implied point totals of 25 for Houston, 24 for in Indianapolis. So, you know, this is the biggest game on the slate. The problem here is that, you know, most – all these guys that we're talking about, you know, Hopkins, T.Y. Hilton, Luck, and Deshaun Watson are all going to mm-hmm. be so highly owned yeah. That, you know, it, it really comes down to where else can you find value mm-hmm. without having that highly owned player on your roster and still make up the, the value in this slate. And, you know. I think that's going to be the really hardest part for this look. We know these guys are going to put up points that they have against each other considerably. Houston's run defense is really tough. Marlon Mack had, what, like 33 yards against them last time they played, mm-hmm. um, you know, and hasn't done well against them before. So he's going to have a hard time. So it's going to be on Luck and T.Y. Hilton to do most of the damage. Mm-hmm. Dontrell Charles Inman, Inman is questionable. Looks like he might play, but we don't know for sure yet. Mm-hmm. So he may come into play as one of those deep shots you want. Yeah, I like him.
0: If 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 he is uh, playing, I liked him as a sneaky play, as a touchdown in his last two games.
1: Yeah, right. Exactly. And and, you know Mm -hmm. he's got to throw to somebody else besides T.Y. Hilton at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. So you know those are the kind of guys you you really. It's hard to walk away from these top scorers, but at the same time, you know when you're trying to figure out who's going to be highly owned, you're looking at two of the high highest owned quarterbacks, yeah. you know, on the slate, if not the two highest owned yeah. uh, quarterbacks on the slate. I, I think they make better cash game plays than they do GP, GPPs
0: mm-hmm. just for that reason of ownership. All right. What about Kiki Kute? Uh It sounds like he's going to play right full practices all week long uh, pointing to him playing and uh, his uh, first start. His only start against uh, the Colts this, this year, uh, 15 targets, 11 catches, 109 yards. That was back in week four. I guess he fits into the bill of what you're kind of describing someone, you know, off the beaten path, No.
1: Oh, absolutely, especially with mm-hmm. the injury concern because there is still a concern. I mean, the fact of the matter is he, he's been practicing a little bit each week the last few weeks. <laughs> still hasn't gotten on the field, mm-hmm. uh, but he, you know, he is expected to play this week and could absolutely be that wild card that you're looking for because of the the number of attempts he may see. Again, you know, we're not talking about a great Houston running game, mm-hmm. so I expect Deshaun Watson to have to do a lot of his damage through the air. And again, he can't always throw it just a D hop.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you thinking about uh, running back options from uh, the Texans' side? Uh, yeah, I was surprised that I came across this stat Colts not allowing a uh, single 100-yard rusher all year uh, I mean, but, you know, Lamar Miller You can get him at a little bit of a discount uh, I don't know, how do you feel about uh, putting one of the uh, Texans running backs Into one of your DFS lineups?
1: Well, it's tough, but this Texan team, you know, the last time they played, they Mm -hmm. only had 54 yards on the ground, but they did have two touchdowns, which is always that possibility. Get them to the one-yard line, and they can get you Mm -hmm. in the end zone. So that's always a possibility, and, you know, that's what you have to be concerned with. You know, if I'm taking a flyer on a Houston running back, it's going to be Lamar uh, Lamar Miller, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, not Alfred Blue, definitely not Deontay Foreman. It's going to be Miller who's going to get most of the touches and see most of the snaps.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, another guy I was looking at, and you're right, I mean, a lot of people will be in on a Marlon Mack as well, uh, even though Texans are a bit tough against the run. But Naheem Hines, uh, you look at his numbers for the season, 63 catches for 425 yards. Uh, Texans have given up the second-most receiving touchdown to running backs this, this year with six. Uh, and uh, versus uh, the Texans, uh, he had uh, nine catches, 63 yards, Two touchdowns, uh, uh, with, when he faced them earlier this season. So, another guy may be off the beaten path. I, I got him in one of my lineups, thirty-five hundred bucks uh, on uh, DraftKings.
1: I don't think he's going to be so far off the beaten path. Um, okay. Just because the, I think the ownership is going to be a little higher on him, just for the reasons you're talking about. His is cost is cheaper, but mm-hmm. you know this is a. A defense that could be thrown on to the running back much easier than they can be run on,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and I do think he comes into play. I, I actually, um, I you know for the, the weekend for the week this weekend's game, I mm-hmm. actually have him at number eight in my running mm-hmm. back rankings um, right. for the week above Marlon Mack. Above right, Gus right. Edwards, above, you know, Darren Sproles, guys like that, just because I do think they're going to get him highly involved in this passing game. And we're talking about a guy who's had, what, at least, uh, I want to say, four targets, at least uh, in, in all of the last four games, something like that. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Sorry, I had it written down, and I, I got piles of paper everywhere. <laughs> I can't find <laughs> what I'm looking for. <laughs> no, he, he, yeah, okay, he's had, over the last yeah. five games... He's had 23 targets, yep. um, you know, so just under five targets a game over the last five games. Of course, yep. the big one was against Jaguars where he had nine catches for 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I do envision that to be this to be a lot like the first Texans game, mm-hmm. um, where he was you know nine for 63 and two, not the two part, but definitely you know seven, eight, nine catches. I think he gets close to that.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, and I got to tip our cap. Uh, we mentioned uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Of course, he's going to be highly owned this week. Hasn't dropped the pass all season long. But, you know, so much bad news coming out uh, over the year of, uh, you know, a lot of football players. But uh, he's donating his $29,000 game check to play, to help uh, pay for the funeral cost of 7-year-old uh, Jasmine Barnes, who was killed in a drive-by shooting. So uh, tip our caps to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. Nice to see a you know, a, a positive story, you know, coming out of the Yeah, NFL, right, in
1: a, in a sea of negative, I agree. Right, it's always right, nice when right. you see these guys stepping up and doing things like that, and, yep. you know, it, it's just nice to see. He's, he seems like a real nice guy, he likes the fans, fans love him,
0: mm-hmm. so
1: can't, can't you know, fault any of that, so good for him. I, I will say this, though, the last time that they did play uh, Indy, you know, mm-hmm. Indy only gave up 84 passing yards to the wide receivers on hole. Mm-hmm. Um, wow. So, you know, they, yeah, yeah they got a sneaky
0: good defense, man. They do have a sneaky <laughs> yeah, yeah, good yeah, defense. Yeah. So, it, yeah, yeah. you know,
1: I, hey, he's the highest wide receiver on and pretty much all the slates that are out there that mm-hmm. I've seen that I've read about, uh, read through. You know, everybody has him as the highest. And, and you can't fault him for that. This is probably a game where he's probably seen, you know, anywhere from 14 targets on up. You mm-hmm. know, we could mm-hmm. see as many as 19 or 20 targets in this game. So, you know, definitely a guy that's going to be in there, but he is absolutely going to be very highly owned.
0: Mm-hmm. Any other sneaky plays out of the, these two uh, rosters for you that we didn't talk about?
1: Uh, well, I, you know, you really want to go deep on yeah. on uh, wide receivers. You know, Zach Pascal might come into play, too, just because Ryan Grant is out. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. So it, it may very well come in, into play there. Um, yeah, outside
0: of that, eh. Yeah. Not really. Um, I mean, we didn't talk about Eric Ebron, but he's, uh, you know, he's he's a big time jock, uh, and he has a super uh, good matchup, uh, you know, against uh, the Texans, who are very friendly to uh, tight ends. But uh, yeah, but you know, uh, Pascal definitely uh, someone to look at. Uh, I will allow you to. Uh, You know, get off the beaten path in terms of uh, getting some uh, chalk in your uh, – Although,
1: uh, wait, okay, I I do take that back. There is one other
0: I I might consider, and that's Vincent
1: Smith of Houston just because he's playing – he will start on the other side of DeAndre. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I mean, figure the defense is going to start with trying to stop DeAndre. Then they're going to start – then they're going to worry about Kutay next just Mm -hmm. for all the short, over-the-middle type stuff like that. Uh, Vincent Smith might be the, the lone guy out on the outside that the defense isn't really worried about, which could give him a shot to get open.
0: Yeah, good point. What about, uh, and this is you know just a total stab in the dark, but Jordan Thomas, tight end for uh, the Texans. Really hasn't done much, but uh, Colts giving up the uh, third most fantasy points to tight ends. I mean, uh, very cheap.
1: Yeah, it, it's very hard, though, because, I mean, you basically have a three headed monster uh, yeah, at yeah. tight end in Houston. Yeah. You know, Ryan Griffin is the guy who usually sees the most snaps, uh, yeah. but then you got Jordan Aikens and Jordan Thomas. It, it, it's very hard to pick one but you know if you're going to take a stab at the dark i don't mind taking a stab at jordan thomas cuz mm-hmm. he's shown you that capability of scoring twice in a couple you know at least one game this year so yeah. at least there's that chance that mm-hmm. he could be that player again but yeah it's very hard when when you're dealing with a, a committee at tight end it's really hard to know who's going to be the the odd man out or the odd man in that week
0: yeah so as we head out out to a commercial, uh, probably a little over than a minute left, what are we thinking in terms of this game? Do you think that uh, Houston covers the one? Uh, how do you think this game plays out?
1: Well, I tell you the truth, I like Indy in this one. Um, I Me just too. think they're a better overall team across the line. You know, mm-hmm. everybody think. You know, a lot of people are liking Houston, which I I just don't see. They just haven't played up to the level of talent that Indy has, and mm-hmm. Indy is just playing a better overall I game think in my opinion. They're a better balanced team. Yeah, right. Yeah, they got, uh, and they have just a, good running a little bit game, of everything.
0: Defense. Yeah.
1: Good For me, I, I think the best bet is the money line on Indy at one oh six plus one oh six. I think that's a great bet this week.
0: hmm And uh, how do you see this game uh you know playing out? Do you see a, the uh, a lot of points being scored or you, Oh yeah, they're
1: they're gonna the over is a great bet. I love the over mm-hmm. in, at forty eight and a half. I, I think both of these teams are gonna put up decent amount of points. Uh, so yeah, I think they go over that easily. I think mm-hmm. it, it's only the only game. Uh, on the slate that
0: I truly feel will, you know, is a good lock to go over. Mm-hmm. All right, so we're in agreement here. Uh, we take the Colts uh, to win, uh, and uh, we'll be back with more. We're gonna jump for winnings. That's right, a little uh, old Van Halen from the '80s. Uh, got more uh, games <laughs> to go over. Uh, Cowboys Seahawks later today. All right, we'll be back. back on the fantasy sports radio network weekend fantasy update And hey if you like to wager on sports or never have and would like to try head on over to bet DSI They have wagering options for almost any sport you can think of, including sides, totals, and player props, where you can utilize your daily fantasy skills without salary cap constraints. You can even wager on eSports, politics, and reality TV. Or get an edge with live betting at BetDSI where you can wager virtually any time during a contest, capitalizing on in-game circumstances. There's so many ways that you can make money. Just use the promo code FNTSY101 when signing up and get a 100% bonus deposit match. So head on over and open your account at BETDSI. That's promo code FNTSY101 to get your 100% bonus deposit match. All right, we're back on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. We were uh, talking about the uh, Colts Texans game, and uh, you know we uh, went over uh, some options for you for your DFS lineup. Uh, but Jim and I both agree uh, the Colts are going to win. And Jim, I think that the, we were talking before about you know teams that could go deep into the playoffs. And uh, am I crazy? To, uh, just like to have this crazy feeling that the Colts could go real deep into the playoffs. Like I said,
1: I think any one of these teams can go real deep in the playoffs. You know, a couple Mm -hmm. of lucky bounces here or there and Mm -hmm. you know they they all got the ability to get there. And especially when you're talking about a quarterback quarterback like Luck, I -hmm. think their biggest issue is gonna be can T. Y. Hilton stay healthy long enough to get there.
0: Yeah, you're right. He's been
1: playing injured for a few weeks and playing well, don't get me wrong. And there hasn't been any signs that he's gotten worse, Mm -hmm. but because he's been playing, he probably hasn't gotten any better.
0: Right, yeah, and uh the colts had said that he probably they probably should have sat him, <laughs> you know, so uh but you're right, he's been a game time decision the past few weeks, and he's been very productive, but uh, you wonder how long you know he could go forward and if he hasn't you know aggravated his condition, but uh we were talking just before about how uh I think you agree that that this is a very nice balanced team. You know, they have a, you know, if if Hilton could stay healthy, they've got, you know, uh, Hilton and Ebron, Ebron uh, one of the best uh, tight ends this season, um, and they've got a nice uh, r- a running attack and good defense and the, that offensive line is finally keeping uh, Andrew Luck healthy. Uh, gave up the fewest sacks in the NFL with 18, and uh, see what happens when you invest in an offensive line. <laughs> How much better! You know? uh, but uh, yeah.
1: Well, well, the, uh, the craziest thing here about you know Ebron now that you you know bring him up again is yeah yeah, yeah. You know, it, it, he's a kind of player this week that you have to play him in both cash and GPP games yeah. just because the the slate is you know especially if you're just playing a Saturday slate. There really Mm -hmm. is nobody else that even comes close to the value that he gives you. So Mm -hmm. even if he's the chalkiest of chalk, you still have to play him.
0: Right. Absolutely. I agree with you there. Um, So why don't we take a look at some prop bets from this game? Uh, Sounds good. Yeah. I mean, there's DFS. uh, And there's... Playoff fantasy leagues that we'll talk about before the end of the show, too, that uh, you can get involved in as well. But uh, why don't we talk some some prop bets here? Uh, And uh, we have over under in passing for Andrew Luck, the over under being two hundred and ninety one and a half. And I believe I checked before the show, I think for the season, he averages about two eighty seven passing yards per game. Uh, what are we thinking about Andrew Luck? I mean, we both uh, agree that this will probably be a high-scoring game. Uh, Do you think he could hit that? That 291 is a bit of a high number, that 291.5. Yeah,
1: except when you really look at the two games he's played against Houston so far in the season where he's had 464 and then 399. (laughs) Against them, <laughs> uh, and the 399 was against them in Houston back in Week right. 14. So, uh, yeah, not not really concerned with that. Uh, I'm definitely taking the over there. I think again, he's he's going to have to put the team on his back and throw the ball mm-hmm. all, all over the yard to win this game.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, the uh, over under for Deshaun Watson uh, is 254 and a half, and. Uh, I, I, I think you agree that the uh, uh, Houston running back is going to have a little bit of a tough time. Uh, do you think that uh, Watson, I mean, obviously he's going to be throwing a lot to uh, DeAndre Hopkins. And we're going to hope that Kute could go. And if he does, he gives him a, a legitimate weapon. Uh, but other than that, do you think that uh, Watson could hit this 254 and a half?
1: I do. I think he goes over as well. You know, again, mm-hmm. it it flows with the consistency that I believe this game to go over. For that to happen, I think both of these quarterbacks need to go over.
0: Mhm. And uh the over under for quarterback rushing uh for Watson is 35 and a half. Uh and let's take a look at what he's done uh recently. Well,
1: he's done that four out of the yeah. last 6 weeks.
0: He really has. The, um, yeah, four last two uh, weeks
1: 49 and 66 yards against yep, the Eagles yep. and Jaguars.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so, so, yeah, are we going over something. again? I think we have to.
1: I, yeah, I'll go, I'll go <laughs> over. I, right. I think he's definitely going to be running around a little bit in this one and trying to make some plays with his feet. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you satisfied with what he's done this year? Uh, basically his uh, second year uh, in the league. I know that he had an abbreviated season last year, but are you satisfied that he's, uh, you know, progressed enough where you're happy to, uh, you know, Well, well, think about it this way. The
1: only reason we're not talking about him as comeback player of the year because he did get injured so early last year is the fact that he played so well (laughs) before he got injured that he can't, mm-hmm. he's he's finding it hard to live up to that expectation yeah. this year. But people mm-hmm. don't realize is that, you know, he's thrown for over 4,000 yards, 26 touchdowns, only nine interceptions. He's run for over 550 yards, another five touchdowns that way. You know, mm-hmm. he's had a great season, especially in, if you're talking fantasy terms. He's still, you know, in most scoring, he's the number five fantasy quarterback of, of the year, right behind Andrew Luck.
0: Mm-hmm. And when you look at also that he's had to deal with injuries to uh, Will Fuller, uh, then they trade for Demarius Thomas, he gets hurt, uh, and uh, Kute. Uh, I'm ex-
1: not worried about that because you can say the same thing about Luck. I mean, he's had mm. T.Y. Hilton, but outside of that, it's been a total shuffle the rest of the year. I mean, they're number one tight well, Other end than Ebron, everybody- though thought, well, their number one tight end that everybody thought was going to be the number one, Jack Doyle, only played a couple games, didn't do much uh, outside Mm -hmm. of that, you know, and, you know, Ebron came in and played an outstanding season, Mm -hmm. uh, no doubt about it, but, you know, I mean, he's had to play with, you know, a, a, a lot of floating other players, you know, Ryan mm-hmm. Clark, Dontrell Inman, uh, you know, hmm. uh, you know, just that. Chester Rogers, use. yeah, Chester yeah. Rogers, <laughs> that was the name that was slipping yeah. my mind yeah. at the moment. I had a feeling, uh, I yeah. had a feeling that's who you're looking so for. <laughs> he, he's had to play with you know these guys all year, so you mm-hmm. know, I, 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 both of them have had the same thing. They're both showing that they are just exceptional quarterbacks, and you mm-hmm. know, Watson is is. Not playing up to what he did last year, but we we didn't expect him to. I mean, last year was such crazy numbers. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. very hard to live up to. Uh, but mm-hmm. this year, I mean, four thousand yards, thirty-one total touchdowns with only nine interceptions. Not a bad season by anybody's standards.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right, let's take a with you on that. Uh, let's take a look at the uh, running backs in this game. Uh, Lamar Miller over under fifty-three and a half, and uh, let's—he uh, had been hot for a while. Then he got hurt, and uh, past couple weeks, uh, I don't think he's hit that. Let's pull up his numbers.
1: Well, he, did, did, he was out for the two of the last three weeks, so yeah. 56 no, he played a yards, bit, yeah,
0: yeah, 56 yards rushing and a touchdown against the Jags uh, last week. Uh, against the Jets, he only had uh, three carries, and before that uh, against Indianapolis, 33 yards. And then uh, the few weeks before that is when he, uh, he had over 100 yards rushing for two straight weeks. So do you think that he could hit this mark this week of 53 and a half?
1: Yeah, um, I, I think he can. Kind Look, of looked at this. He's not a guy that really is, um, let's say, game script dependent. It's whether or not mm-hmm. they give him the ball. Um, right. And that's what it really comes down to. And he's shown, even against really good defenses, that he could do well. I mean, in week seven against the Jaguars at Jacksonville, uh, he had 100 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries. Um, mm-hmm. And then in, uh, what was it, I think week 12, Week yeah, week 12, Tennessee, yeah, week 12, um, versus Titans, who are a very good rushing defense, he, he ran for 162 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, so he's shown he can run against good defenses, which, you know, he's going to have to do this week. Um, so, you know, I think he's going to get the opportunity in, in them giving him, you know, close to 20 carries just to try and keep Andrew Luck off the field as much as they can. That I think he absolutely probably is going to go over that.
0: I feel he's a much maligned running back. It uh, doesn't get much respect. Do you think that uh, he's done anything this year to maybe quiet his critics a little bit? I mean, he's had uh, four games where he's had over one hundred yards rushing. Let's see what the touchdown touchdown totals of five on the ground and uh, twenty five catches. I mean, I don't. I am not saying he's much more than a mid range running back two overall, but uh, I mean. Th- you know, it's almost like a foregone conclusion from, from a lot of people that, oh, once Deonta Foreman is healthy, that's it, he's done. You know, he's going to be the number one guy. Forget Miller. I mean, what are your thoughts about Miller, you know, for next year, we'll say?
1: Well, for next year, it's definitely tough to say. But, you know, the crazy <laughs> part about it, he's had a very much up-and-down season, um, mm-hmm. you know, including the, the, well, I want to say missed three games, but the one game he got a little playing time in. Uh, in week 15, I think it was, that where With he actually Jets, got yeah. hurt and didn't yeah. play the whole game. Yeah. So I'm He's saying three, three games carries. out, yes. and he still ended up as an RB2. He was the 23rd scoring running back of the year. So mm-hmm. he was an RB2 for you. And, you know, pe- you know, again, people complaining about, you know, the numbers aren't looking at the same thing that happened to David Johnson. Everybody, oh, David Johnson had such a terrible year. In mm-hmm. fantasy, David Johnson was still a number nine running back for the season. <laughs> yes yeah yeah you yeah. know so oh he's had such a terrible year i never want to touch him again he was number nine mm-hmm. granted he wasn't one two or three like everybody expected but in that offense the fact that he was still number nine is huge <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> to me i i'm like if if he got number nine with this terrible offense Look, this year, I have mm-hmm. to expect that whatever change they make has to make this offense at least a little bit better. And if they do, then he's got to go up from that number nine. Uh, but mm-hmm. there's so many people ready to pass on him. So, I mean, I don't mean to get off on a guy that's no longer in this, but it's just the same type <laughs> of thing with Miller. He, if he gets <laughs> enough you know, opportunity, he can do it to you. He's he's one of those guys that, you know, as, as Scott Engel loves to say, he's one of those guys that likes to get into a rhythm. Give him enough mm-hmm. touches, let him build up as the game goes on, and, you know, he gets to a point where he can start beating you down. And that's mm-hmm. what he needs to do. If you give him that many chances, he's gonna do some damage to you. And, you know, next next year I, I think the good thing is that he's gonna slip in drafts. He's gonna fall down because people are yes. like, oh my God, what a terrible season, without realizing mm-hmm. he was still an RB. Too, which means he's right. going to present good value to the people that have their eyes
0: open. Yes. And uh, you mentioned David Johnson. I'll tease this. Yeah, At some point during the show, we want to go over. You're involved in a uh, very early uh, mock draft for next year. And I noticed that you did take uh, with uh, you had the 10th uh, pick overall. You took David Johnson Number one. So uh, we'll talk about that. But uh, it's a good point. I mean, a lot of people don't realize, uh, you know, that he didn't deliver the kind of value because I think he was David Johnson. I don't want to get off topic either. But David Johnson was like top three, top five, you know, in preseason drafts this year. And he didn't deliver that. But he still delivered, uh, you know, later RB1 kind of production and PPR scoring. So, uh,
1: Well, uh, let me ask you a question. Go ahead. Um, He he didn't deliver that, but did he deliver better than Le'Veon Bell? Did he deliver better (laughs) than Dalvin Cook? Did he Mm -hmm. deliver better than Fournette? Um, You know, all guys that a lot of people consider first-round picks.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. There you go.
1: The one thing Mm -hmm. we know is that no matter who is taken in the first 12 picks, there's usually a very good chance five of them aren't going to live up to expectations.
0: Yeah. Yeah, they they could get injured for the season. Uh, th- so many things could happen. You're right. You're right. Um, all right. So uh, we're thinking over on uh, the fifty-three and a half rushing yards for Lamar Miller. Uh, uh, Lamar Miller. Marlon Mack. The over on there for Marlon Mack is fifty-two and a half. And uh, he, M- Mack was injured for the first meeting against Houston, but in week fourteen, fourteen carries, thirty-three yards and a touchdown for Marlon Mack. Uh, and he's kind of, you know, he's been dealing with injuries as well, but uh, two of the last three weeks he's had uh, well over 100 yards rushing. Uh, do you think that he could uh, surpass the 52-and-a-half mark?
1: Look, this is the playoffs. You know, it's either get in there and get it done or not. <laughs> you know, it's tough. It'll be mm-hmm. tough. I mean, they, they definitely shut him down last time. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'll have that, you know, going against him. But again, we're, we're talking about, you know, a, a guy that I think is going to get enough carries to, to do that job. And, you know, the, the good thing is he'll have his, uh, his center back with him. Um, mm-hmm. oh, man, trying to plank again. Crap. Um, <laughs> <I'm> sorry, <laughs> guys. When that happens. <laughs> oh, I do. I, I really do. Um, uh, uh, Ryan Kelly I'm sorry jeez mm-hmm. Ryan Kelly uh, looks to be back and a little bit healthier and the one thing we do know is max numbers with Kelly at center have been much bigger than when Kelly missed time due to injury so mm-hmm. I, I think that helps him I think I'm gonna go over I, it's a tough one and this could be the the one that most people probably take the under in but again mm-hmm. wild card weekend all bet are off and you know you got to get out there and perform and forget all the other numbers that come before and uh, i think he's going to be one of those guys that has to make a big impression here
0: okay let me uh in the time we have left let's take a quick look at the wide receiver see if if anything sticks out at you deandre hopkins 92 and a half ty hilton 82 and a half Kute, 40-and-a-half for me. Uh, if he plays, I think that's over. But we could even finish this on the other side. And uh, Dontrell Inman, 35-and-a-half. Anything, like, stick out at you? To me, the, the Kute, if he's healthy, I'll go over on the 40-and-a-half.
1: I'm actually going to go over on all four of them. I think the eighty two and <laughs> a half for Hilton is, mm-hmm. is a lock. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think he easily gets over that as well as long as he stays healthy. Look, it, mm-hmm. when you're dealing with foot injuries, anything could happen. Uh, it's so easy to flare back up. But if he's on the field ball
0: game, I think that's a lock. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. There you go. Okay. So when we come back, we'll continue breaking down. Wild Card Weekend. You're listening to Weekend Fantasy Update on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Express yourself. What he said.